the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You are listening to the Tim DeMoshio Show on AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. A couple minutes after 4. Excited to have a wonderful show ready to roll this hour. First, check on the forecast. Sunshine the rest of the afternoon. High 42. Clear night low dropping at 20. On the cloudy side tomorrow, high up to 46. Flyers shut out Pittsburgh last night. Three zip. Jake Borchek and James Van Riemsdyk leading the way with a goal apiece. Brian Elliott with 19 saves in goal. The Sixers are at Toronto tonight at 7. And in baseball, former shortstop for the Yankees, Derek Jeter. And Larry Walker, who played for several teams, including the Colorado Rockies, the Expos, and the Cardinals, both elected to baseball's Hall of Fame yesterday. An interesting note is that Derek Jeter of the Yankees, and he helped them win five World Series titles, uh, all kinds of great statistics. He was one vote shy of being uh, elected unanimously. 396 of the 397 people who vote for uh, the Hall of Fame voted to have him go in, and only one did not. Uh, a little later on in the hour, Rob Motti, who has joined our program every now and again, he's the head writer for the Phillies and the Eagles for the Associated Press in this market. He'll join us, maybe share a little bit about his ballot and his thoughts on that uh, one person, whoever it may have been, uh, not voting. So we'll check with him. Uh, there's also a special little story I want to uh, ask Rob about because uh, our daughter Tori is turning 14 tomorrow. And she's a sweetie. She's uh, got a lot of challenges, very you know, a lot of dis- disabilities, uh, you know, to deal with and and all that. But God's used her life in many ways, including in Rob's life. So we'll share and tie that into our chat with Rob. Also, uh, really looking forward to a gentleman named Dave Clark. And some folks will say, Dave Clark? You mean like Dave Clark Five? Dave Clark? And I would say to you, yes, you're correct. Dave Clark Five. Dave Clark. So. For folks, uh, you know, who may not know, you, you may have heard of the phrase "the British invasion." Danny, have you ever heard of the the British invasion? That 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 term that has been coined. I only know the British invasion from the Beatles. Okay, all right, so that's fine. The Beatles, uh, they were like the Rolling Stones, uh, Herman's Hermits. They're like bands that oh, that, that okay. made a, made a made a splash in the U.S. Uh, and one of those bands that really gave the Beatles a run for their money was the Dave Clark Five. Never yeah. heard of them. Okay. Well, you're not alone. And one of the reasons is, the cat. They're, unlike many of the other bands, the Dave Clark Five, specifically Dave Clark himself, who we're going to talk to, owned the rights to their music completely. Mm-hmm. So they weren't at the mercy of a bigger company oh. doing whatever they wanted to. A lot of times a big company owns your stuff. They can package it, greatest hits. They can put songs on compilations. They can spread it. Well, and I know, I'm not going to get into this with Dave because it's more of a business thing and maybe a little too personal to ask, like, so what was that all about? Because for about 15, 20 years, you couldn't actually buy his music from like the 70s to the 90s or so. If you wanted to go buy Dave Clark 5 music, you couldn't. So in a way, for whatever reasons, 
it, it, it led to people like becoming less familiar with them unless you're older. Yeah. Uh, perhaps, you know, again, folks may know WFIL for a number of years was a top 40 station. Dick Clark and all that. So they would have played Dave Clark back then, back in the 60s and 70s on this very radio station. Oh. So folks who listen to the station are well familiar with that. We've come full circle. We have come. Isn't it something? It really is interesting. So uh, Dave is going to join us because, I mean, they sold, the Dave Clark Five sold over 100 million albums. Wow. Yeah. So this isn't some little uh, off the side kind of band. This is like having... Oh, yeah, almost like having Paul McCartney on or something like that. Like, wow. I'm really excited. So yeah. uh, we'll pick his brain for a little while. And the reason is because he finally, they're putting some music out. And it's like a greatest hits and they're putting on vinyl. And so he's carving out a little time to talk to some radio stations around the country. And we're one of them. Well, I am excited. Well, good. And we'll have some Dave Clark 5 music to mix in along the way. That and whatever else we can shoehorn into this hour, we'll see. We'll take a quick break. Uh, oh, by the way, before we do... You know, I was talking baseball a second ago. I know it's not your favorite sport, although I will say this. Whenever you and I are talking baseball, sometimes mm-hmm. you drop a little knowledge I know. that shows you no more than you think. Sometimes. Like yesterday, we're talking about John Cruck. He used to play for the Phillies. Yeah. And I was explaining how John Cruck, some people can kind of identify with him because not like the most uh, chiseled specimen, <laughs> per se, kind of like a beer softball league kind of guy, but he could hit. He could play. Right. And one of his... Saying, I think it was him. He said, "It's not fat; it's relaxed muscle." Mm-hmm. Right. So, Good and one. you're like, "Oh, so he was kind of like Babe Ruth." Like, how do you know Babe Ruth was not, you know, the most chiseled guy? So, how do you think you knew that? I think that's just common knowledge. Okay. Well, not everybody. Kn- I mean, all right. Well, <laughs> I thought there was another level beyond the. F- I, thought I was nope. impressed that you were nope, aware. That is it. Okay. I mean, you're lucky. I mean, I know Joe DiMaggio, but that's because of. The coffee. Billy Joel's song. Oh, sure. And well, Marilyn Monroe. Simon Garfunkel did that. Where have you gone, Joe Dimash? That's it. No? Oh, maybe. Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe, that's, that's uh, okay. Simon and Garfunkel. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Good talk. Cultural references. So that's good. Well, I mentioned this because earlier today, just as a side note, I was down at DuPont Hospital mm-hmm. uh, in, in uh, Wilmington, and the Phillies made a stop there. Uh, Joe Girardi, their manager. And Vince Velasquez, one of their pitchers, and a couple of their players, including Roman Quinn, were there. And J.T. Muto, their all-star catcher. And this is an event the Phillies do every year. They um, they basically pay a visit. They bring lunch. In this case, it was Chick-fil-A this year. And children who are in the hospital for extended periods of time. They really can't get out to a ball game. They may be in the hospital for a number of weeks. It could be months. Mm. And so um, Scott Palmer, who used to work for Channel 6 and now works for the Phillies for a number of years, he comes out. A uh, quick shout out to TJ and Michelle, who I work with in the Phillies uh, community and charity departments, uh, were there. They had coloring books, they had a prize wheel, and the kids are in some cases in wheelchairs and they're brought down. Some can walk, but you know, whatever. And the parents come alongside, and you can just tell they are very moved to have an opportunity to experience uh, being loved on by the Phillies organization. And mm-hmm. so the players, and I took some pictures, um, you can see uh, all of the players at one point. You know, down on one knee. Wow. You know, talking to a kid on their level and just staying down. Um, I took a quick little video at one point. Vince Velasquez, one of the pitchers, the last song I played was the cha-cha slide. <laughs> it was just a one-hour event. And you can see it to the left, to the right. And he, he's dancing with a couple of the kids. 
And it's just it's a beautiful thing to watch this side of a ball player that you don't get to see. Yeah. Um, so that was today, and I actually got a, a fist bump from JT Muto. Um, I wanted to talk to all the players at one point just to say, hey, would you mind coming on the show? And I, I thought, you know what, this is actually the kids' thing. I don't even want to bother with it. I could have just said, because there was a little downtime. I could have said something. I was like, oh, wait, there's no time. But uh, I played a song by a band called Need to Breathe, which is the walk-up song that JT Muto of the Phillies uses. And uh, he came over and gave me a fist. I'm like, this is good music, you know? So we'll, we'll go to a quick break. We'll come on the other side and play that song for you. Get you warmed up as we head towards spring training and get ready for the season. You'll probably hear this song again, uh, you know, as JT comes up to the plate. Hopefully it'll be a good year for the Phils. And after we get to that, we'll bring in Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five. It's all happening here on the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560, WFIL.com and on the app. Thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. On AM 560 WFIL, it's The Tim DeMoss Show. Neo, sooner or later you're going to realize, just as I did, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking JT Realmuto, the all-star catcher the Phillies uses, had a chance to play that in an event, uh, charity event earlier today, actually, that he was at, and uh, gave me a little fist bump after playing it, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to have him on the program uh, coming up sometime during the upcoming season, uh, but in the meantime, just threw it in there for fun. It's a great song. Uh, speaking of music, by the way, before I forget, we have a couple contests on our website right now that involve trips. One is to see Mercy Me in Kansas City, Friday, March 20th. Uh, there's also all kinds of prizes you can win with that. And there's also a trip to New York City to see Matthew West in concert. Details at com. So, you know, I'm just thinking all the other things, too, on our site. There's the Deeper Faith Alaska cruise you can find out about, uh, about obviously, involving Alaska. So um, it's, a, it's occurring to me even how our ministries on this radio station, the programs themselves, are pastors from uh, all sorts of states all over the country. And it's kind of neat. Uh, you know, we have the local thing happening here with this program, with a number of pastors, but also a nationwide uh, reach as well. And so check it out sometime. There's a program guide on our site to help you know what's Aaron when and all that. Keep it all straight, nice and easy at WFIL.com. Uh, having said that and keeping in line with our music theme, we're very glad to bring on board someone who is releasing a greatest hits uh, this, this uh, Friday, actually, the 24th, called All the Hits. And uh, it's Dave Clark. We're bringing in from the Dave Clark Five. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks, Tim. And you, mate? Wonderful. Thanks for carving out a few minutes to chat. It's exciting. My pleasure. Yeah, I wanted to jump in for a minute with you know all the hits the uh, you know releasing um, t- for you specifically your your role as a drummer in the band and just going back for a second, what your style was, what was important to you to bring to the band, and even before that, what got you interested in being a drummer in the first place. 
Um, purely by accident, actually, because um, we all played for the same football team and we were asked to play football one Easter. And the problem was it was in Holland and we didn't have any money and we had to pay the fares to go over to Holland. And we started the band, really, to... Um, Forget to raise money to pay for the fares to go over, wow. and um, there was an ad in the local paper for a drum kit, ten pounds from a Salvation Army drummer, and I bought the kit. And I remember I bought it home on a bus and got kicked off because it was locking up the gangway and the you know with the bass drum and everything. Yeah. and that's how it all started. Who knew that it was going to really take off like that? It's true. Well, and the Dave Clark Five, of course, very much a huge part of the British invasion, which, of course, include Beatles, Rolling Stones, and many others. What artists or bands sparked your interest, you know, maybe that helped bring that British invasion along for you, you personally? Well, for me personally, the first record I ever bought was by Fat Domino, Blueberry Hill. In fact, I didn't have any money, so my sister and I went 50-50 to buy the record. And then, of course, it was Elvis Presley and, and Chuck Berry, Jerry Lewis, and all these wonderful pre- people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then, of course, that, as you mentioned, that the. Richard, you know, so many. And then who knew where this would go? I mean, as far as having 15 straight top 20 U.S. singles in the you know, 1962 to 1970. And I was wondering if you concerned yourself with those accolades or, or your place in Brit- the British invasion, or for, for you it was just mostly about the music and the joy of doing it? It was the music and the joy of doing it. I always said to people, there was no hidden message in our music. It was for the fun, to make people feel good. Yeah. And that's what I always believed in. How did you personally yeah. stay... You not a message. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. There was no... I said we weren't, weren't a message group, you yeah. know, in the sense of... It made you feel good, hopefully. That it does, yeah. Well, and I was, uh, as, and as the group was growing and the popularity was was soaring, how did you stay grounded, uh, you and and the band? Just keep your bearings. Um, well, we were all made to score, and the one thing with the DC Five, we never had one legal dispute between us. Hmm. We were friends, and it was fun, and that's what it was all about. And I think you have to believe, and for any. Young guys that are starting with bands now that are listening to your show. It's, you know, you, you've got to be realistic and know the bubble can burst tomorrow. You're just, you know, you're as good as your next record or next gig. And hopefully if they take off, then the world's your roster. But just enjoy. That's what I say. Hmm. Chatting with Dave Clark of the Dave Clark Five. And during your Hall of Fame speech in 2008, you said something to the effect of that each of you had your own talents, but it was the combination of them that really made the Dave Clark Five so successful and that, um, you know, you just happened to be the guy out front, which is a humble and gracious thing to yeah. say. I'm guessing, you know, I'm sure you believe that and, and that's true. Was that characteristic I for you? It. I yeah. wrote, you know, I just, I mean, it, it worked for us because it was, there were five individual guys or the other guys, four individual guys, and... Each one contributed, and that's what made the combination work. That made it special. Yeah. Now, I think we were very blessed, especially now, and you look back at a lot of our contemporaries, um, there was no animosity or that. It was we just enjoyed every moment of it. And if it, if it stopped tomorrow, we could turn around and say, well, 
It's bigger than we ever believed it would be, and we've been around the world, and it was fantastic. Dave uh, Clark of the Dave Clark Five is hanging out with us for a little bit. All the hits releases this Friday. We'll give you a little sample of uh, the music in and out of our little chat together. Play one of the songs, perhaps, in its entirety. Here's one you'll know. Dave Clark from Dave Clark 5 joins us again. Continue in a moment. WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Go ahead. You can sing it. Dave Clark 5, Do You Love Me? One of many songs they had that hit the top 20 in the U.S., uh, Dave Clark is uh, kind enough to spend some time with us. All the hits comes out this Friday. And uh, before the break there, we're talking for a second about how, even though it has your name on the band uh, out there and, and everybody contributed, and it was more of a collaborative thing rather than you feeling like you're above the guys or something. Um, I did notice, like watching some videos, you physically, as a drummer, were out front, which uh, I, you know, I haven't seen every video in the world, but I usually think of the drummer as being in the background and kind of you know, anchoring things from behind. Was it common back then for you, or I mean, for at least for groups to do that at all? Or no, it was very different. I wanted to be diff- us to be different from everybody else. That's why we brought in a, a sax player, which was Dennis, who was great. And it's really going back to that very first record of Fast Domino. That sort of, and um, you know, um, and with keyboards. It, whereas all the other groups were really three guitars and drums, we tried to make a different sound. And I thought by putting the drums up front, it made a, a more solid beat for what we were doing. You know? Yeah, yeah. We're chatting with Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five, all the hits releasing this week. Um, one understanding I have is that it not only will be on CD, but the, the LP, uh, you know, vinyl's coming back in, in vogue, which is kind of cool for you to see, I'm sure. Well, I, I remixed them at Abbey Road um, for vinyl. It's the first time we've had vinyl out since well, 40 years, since the 70s. Yeah. And um, so I, it was quite a trip to go back to that magic sound of vinyl as well, as well as the CD. Yeah, and I remember seeing an interview you had done one point talking about the, it was the phrase imperfections make perfections and, and making sure something didn't sound too slick. But Believe it, it. Yeah. Well, could you explain that? It was a, it's a fantastic idea or thought. Well, I just see the problem is today technology has gone so far, whereas you can get perfection, but life is not perfect. You go to a live concert. It's not, it's you feel it from the audience, the same as our records in the studio. I wanted the best live sound as you could get. And, and if it's perfect, my feeling is it becomes clinical. You know, the greatest performers out, it's, it's from the heart, and it's not, you know, it, it's not perfection in the sense. It's, you know, it's how it's feeling, it's feel, it's soul, whatever. Yeah, well, and your music had lots and lots of energy to it. I'm sure uh, over the years it's fun to play, you know, all of those songs. Did you happen to have a song or two that you really look forward to playing in concert the most? Um, I think the first record we really made was this American song called Do You Love Me? I think, I mean, the first, when we when we finished cutting it, 
And, you know, it was all on four track, which means there's only three tracks of, of, of the group on there. Yeah. Because um, you bounced the fourth track. Um, uh, that was very exciting. But then when Glad All Over took off, it was, wow, we didn't expect that. I mean, Glad All Over was selling, in those days, 140 to 160,000 copies a day. Wow. We had to sell over a million and a half to knock the Beatles off the number one spot. Glad All Over ended up doing two and a half million um, copies, which was, you, you couldn't do that today. But that was, those were in the days where... Buying a record was special, you know, for everybody. Well, we didn't have computers and all that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Dave, it's a pleasure to talk to you, make your acquaintance, and uh, congratulations on this, uh, all the hits being out, both on uh, CD and on vinyl. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for taking time with us. My pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. Dave uh, Clark, Dave Clark 5. Wow, that's pretty cool. What do you think, Danny, listening in to him? Isn't that something? Yeah. To hear a guy like that. That was uh, great. You know, 100 million albums they've sold over the years. That, that last, uh, you know, we have that glad all over because I have the album that they sent in advance for us to listen to. Uh, so maybe we can play that for fun in a minute here. Uh, kind of the, the full song. It's a very catchy song. This song that we'll play here was what he was saying there. It actually knocked the Beatles off the, the top spot in the UK charts at number one. Whoa. The one we're going to play here in a second. Glad all over. And they wound up having. Uh, 20, there was 15 top 20 songs in the U.S. So that whole British invasion thing we were referring to earlier with the Beatles, with the Rolling Stones and bands like that, a lot of whom played on this very radio station as we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, 50 years ago. So this has become a fun little full cycle thing. Like yeah. if you were listening to the station growing up as a kid, now you get to pretend, wow, a little flashback. Where were you back then? So let's play it for fun. We also have a, a couple more segments coming up, including a really cool conversation with Rob Motti from the Associated Press uh, regarding the Baseball Hall of Fame voting from yesterday and also tying that in with our daughter, Tori, who turns 14 tomorrow. She's our sweet girl who's uh, got a lot of disabilities and challenges and stuff. I like to actually say challenges rather than disabilities because uh, it's – anyway, you can probably figure out why. But um, there's a neat story I want to have him share uh, if we have the time here coming up. So we'll do that a little bit. But let's play for fun as we cap off our time with Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five uh, right now with the song Glad All Over. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Dave Clark 5, glad all over, wrapping up our chat with Dave Clark. Get the full podcast of our program later on tonight at WFIL.com. Quick break, we'll come back with Rob Motti from the Associated Press, talk a little baseball, Hall of Fame voting, some other cool stuff. That and more on the Tim DeMoss Show in just a moment, WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 439, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, forecast, sun fading this afternoon. Eventually clear skies, a low of 20 tonight. Tomorrow on the cloudy side, high 46. 
Flyers 3-zip over Pittsburgh last night. Nice win for them with Jake Voracek and James Van Riemsdyk leading the way with a goal apiece. Brian Elliott got the shutout in goal, 19 saves. Sixers are at Toronto tonight at 7. And in baseball, former Yankee shortstop Derek Jeter, as well as Larry Walker, who played a lot of his career with the Colorado Rockies, as well as the Montreal Expos. Gotta love the Expos if you're a baseball fan. And the St. Louis Cardinals for a couple seasons. Both of them uh, elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday. Uh, Jeter is interesting because he was the captain, I guess, I, I think for all five Yankee World Series, or he's at least played on all five teams, um, you know, the, the five World Series championships and three out 3,000 hits and all that, and played shortstop in New York. I mean, it's, and plus his name is very symmetric. It's Derek Jeter with E's every other letter. I just think that has to be count for something. But in all seriousness, um, in his case, only one voter out of all of the voters who vote, 390-something of them, only one didn't vote for him to get in the Hall of Fame. So his selection was just about unanimous, the second highest percentage-wise ever. And when I saw that, I'm like, I got to call our buddy who joins our show every now and again, Rob Motti from the Associated Press and also the program Faith on the Field and being a Hall of Fame voter, a natural to talk to. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Timmy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, I was thinking of you with the announcement of the Hall of Fame uh, class with uh, Derek Jeter of the Yankees and Larry Walker primarily, I guess, of uh, Colorado, also Montreal and St. Louis, getting elected yesterday. And you're one of the fewer than, what, 400 people who get to vote. So Yeah, I believe it was 398 this year, 397. Yeah, yeah 398, 397 voted for Jeter. Someone actually left him off their ballot. I guess that wasn't you, was it? No. Nah, <laughs> nah. Here's the third name I checked off. <laughs> you would need an, you'd be like a special asylum if you're the I mean, unless there was somebody who decided to vote nobody in or something weird like that. What what would go through somebody's mind to not vote Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame? I actually think that is the case. I think it's someone who sent in a a blank ballot. So if you send in a blank ballot, that means it counts as a 0 for 1 for everybody on that ballot, and that's probably what it is. Otherwise, you can't justify – I don't think you can justify that. Then just don't even send in the ballot if you're not going to vote for anybody. Why would you do that? Um, It's unfortunate that there's a possibility we'll never know who it is, because uh, you don't have to reveal your ballots, which I think should be mandatory. I have so many issues with the voting process, um, and, and I have for – it's just a flawed system. It's broken, and it needs to be fixed. Well, Jeter, in his case, you know, you know captain of five world championships for the Yankees and over 3,000 hits and all the other statistics, even even if you played for 40 years to accomplish that, like you, I think people forget you just can't make that level of play, and you can't be a – a major leaguer in, in a New York market and uh, win championships. You know they wouldn't just do it to be you know to be nice to you, let you on the team. I mean, you, I think people have to have to remember that. And, and I guess maybe in your case, like you said, it was somebody who just mailed a blank ballot in. But to not vote for him uh, it seems really odd. And Larry Walker, what do you think about him? Him uh, being elected? Yeah, I I was really on the fence on Larry Walker, and I finally voted him in this year. Um, and I, you know, I looked at his stats carefully and the one drawback, the only drawback was the split, the fact that he was so much better at Coors Field versus anywhere else. And ultimately I, I decided that I'm, I'm going to just vote him because he, he accumulated the numbers and the worthy, his stats were worthy enough. And, and whether playing in Coors Field had something to do with it, I get it but I, I felt like the numbers were worthy and, and I didn't feel that I can continue to leave him off my ballot if I'm voting in guys who are, or, or I'm voting for guys. They haven't 
actually been voted in yet, but voting for guys like Barry Bonds and Manny Ramirez and Gary Sheffield and Sammy Sosa who've been Im- implicated in uh, PED abuse. So yeah. uh, for that reason, I decided I'll go with him. But the fact that I voted for him, and I was telling people yesterday that I really have to carefully look at guys like Bobby Abreu and Andrew Jones down the line, because, and Abreu barely stayed on the ballot. He got the 5% necessary. But I'd have to seriously consider them because I, I put them in the same category. Yeah, Larry Walker, I guess one of the things people may forget is I think he won three batting titles, didn't he? Which is, which is something to say for and hit 350 or pretty gaudy numbers. Like, you, you know, you remember some oh, of the play, yeah. right back in the day, like the Rogers Hornsby's back in the 40s and the, the Cardinals or Musials and some of the players who hit really high, not just 310, 320, but those higher numbers. And he did three, I think at 371 year. So, I mean, he, was a, he, he could hit and he could, I mean, didn't he win a bunch of gold gloves? So he really knew what he was doing on the defensive side of the ball, too. Oh, yeah, multiple, at least uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven gold gloves. He was an MVP. Uh, like you said, he hit 379, 363, 366. Yeah. Uh, he, his career average was 313. Career on base was 400. So his numbers were worthy. One year he actually hit 49 homers. So he, was, he didn't get to 400. He was at 383. But if you just take the totality of his stats, his numbers, those are Hall of Fame-worthy numbers. And, and if you're going to just knock him for being playing in Coors Field, uh, and in Colorado with the the the, uh, the the whole altitude and everything else, I just don't think that's entirely fair. So um, that, and that's why I ended up voting for him. Rob Monty is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show yesterday. Uh, D- Derek Cheater and uh, Larry Walker both elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. And uh, on the on the Walker side of things too, you know, it was his last year, right? So this was the last opportunity, technically, unless he got in later on with the Veterans Committee. So it was kind of nice to see that happen at the the very you know the eleventh hour, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, exactly. I think that kind of weighed into a lot of people's thinking. For you, how long have you been a voter for the Hall of Fame? Uh, since Andre Dawson's year. So uh, I think that's like 10 years, maybe 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that range. Okay. And just so folks are clear, you know, 300, I think it was 397 ballots this year. Jeter was on 396 of them, uh, which we talked about a minute ago. Um, what, what's the qualification to get to that point? Uh, to be known as a, as a voter for the Baseball Hall of Fame? You have to uh, be a full-time baseball writer for 10 consecutive years before you are given a vote. And then you have to be active, although in some cases, some people who aren't active any longer, I believe, may have honorary um, baseball writers' credentials and can continue to vote but you must continue to be an active baseball writer. Okay, because obviously they want you to be, you know, sharp when you're doing your voting and, and not just uh, have yeah, a faded memory. Yeah, isn't entirely the case if you look at some of these ballots. <laughs> yeah, well, and now, so I want to do something else. Just for folks tuning in, Rob Motti has been a guest a number of times over the past year or two that we've had our show going, and uh, he's the head writer for the Associated Press for the, both the Eagles and the Phillies and has covered – uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of games, uh, thousands perhaps. And uh, but Rob and I actually got to know each other a bit at the Eagles Novacare Complex. Uh, I'm going to guess it was 13, 14 years ago, right right around the time that our daughter Tori was born. And I bring this up uh, because our daughter's uh, Tori turns 14 tomorrow, which wow. uh, <laughs> really hard to believe. And my quick little story is uh, at the time. I bought some Wawa gift cards. They were $10 gift cards, and I gave them out to about 10 media folks, including yourself, people I knew, but not maybe necessarily that well. And on the back, I had toriisamazing.com. That was her little website. 
that I put up in 2006, the year she was born, to help people know what was going on with her because she had a lot of special needs when she was born. She almost died a couple times that first year. And um, I and it was not a heavy-hitting website per se. It was just something gentle. But I was hoping that my media friends would have a chance to take a look a little bit at um, Tori's story. And, of course, when you have a, you know, a child, a child in general, it has a gentle way of introducing conversation about things sometimes. And in any case, I knew that you had gone to the site because you actually emailed me from the site to say, you know, God bless Tori and all that. So uh, I'll, pr- I'll be praying for her. And that led to a friendship between us. And part of part of the story, as far as um, what matters even so much more than sports, is what God did in your life. Uh, I just thought maybe you've shared this before. It's been a while, but maybe just share a little bit about how God got a hold of you and how your life is so different than it was even you know eight, ten years ago, let alone twelve or thirteen when we first met. Wow, Timmy. Yeah, my my story. I've shared it so often, and I never get tired of telling people because um, I, I strongly believe in um, making disciples and, and being uh, a kingdom server and working for the kingdom and trying to, to tell people how God changed my life. And uh, I was really caught up. I grew up in religion, and uh, I was someone who just thought about uh, the my faith as, it was. I used it as a crutch. I would do whatever I wanted to do all week long. I'd go to church on Sunday, I'd, I'd uh, worship, and I'd leave Jesus there, and I'd go about my business. And uh, the first person who ever introduced me to the idea, or the truth, really, it's not an idea, it's a biblical truth, that you are not saved by the works you do, but by grace, was uh, you, Timmy, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And um, it, it took some time, but, you know, you, you were willing to plant those seeds, and, and uh, soon enough, you know, I turned away from my lifestyle of just going out, partying, womanizing, and and all of those things that I was doing, and, and I, I realized that I needed help in those areas and to become the man that I was born to be, that God made me to be, and it was by turning my life over to Christ, by surrendering to Him, by going from being a fan of Christ who left Jesus at church on Sunday to being an actual follower of Christ, someone who wants to live like Jesus as best as I can, and while we'll never be that perfect, none of us will ever reach that level, and we fail every single day, that is my ultimate uh, desire, and um, I, I, you know, it's been an incredible journey. And, and within a couple of years after that, I, I started going out and telling my story, and doing the prison ministry, and started sharing with inmates about how Jesus changed my life, and how I surrendered to Him, and how I became a follower, and how He turned me away from my past, and how my life has been continually uh, getting better and better. And, and although sometimes we 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 maybe not necessarily, uh, we misrepresent and, uh, and let people think that, hey, if you give your life to Christ, everything's going to be okay. That's not necessarily the case. God never promised you a life free of storm. He just promised to be with you through those storms. So I tell people it's not a magic pill. You don't just surrender to Christ and everything goes away. But I, I guarantee you it's the greatest decision you can ever make because you will find a joy and a peace when you're a follower of Christ that you can never get if you're a follower of this world. And uh, it's been an incredible journey, and I appreciate uh, you being there and being one of the the prominent people who really planted those seeds in my life. Well, glory to God for that. Um, And and for those just tuning in, chatting with Rob Motti, I'll spell his name for you, M as in Mary, A-A-D-D-I, and he's the head writer for the Phillies and the Eagles in Philadelphia for the Associated Press. We've known each other for a number of years. Part of our overlapping also had to do with our church softball team, uh, it was interesting to watch you. I just share this. You know, I was the manager of that team, and you were playing on three or four teams. 
just like you were in three or four gyms to meet more women, right? Remember, you used to t- used to tell me like, <laughs> right? And and but yes, you, exactly. And you would drive your your Hummer up Broad Street, and you know, be changing into your softball uniform because you had a hunger to play, and you had a humility about you, a softness, which is which had struck me from the beginning. Even when you had sent a kind note about our daughter Tori that she'd be praying for her, that I just sat back a lot. I didn't stress about it really. It's like you know, God's at work. Let's just ride along with it. And we shared a lot of softball games together over a number of years, and, and we had some Bible study together. And, and God was just working, so it wasn't a, a stressful thing. But it was always a pleasure. Uh, times that we would get a chance to talk, or maybe during the Phillies game during a press box, you'd walk down and we talk for an inning and uh, and talk about something from the Bible and all that. And so it's really part of God's plan. It's beautiful to step back and watch. I, I say in the, to the extent that Tori has had any kind of role in this, that some people will say, oh, your daughter's disabled or tell me about her story. Can she talk? And I'll say, well, she, she doesn't say words. She makes some sounds. She can say a letter or two, but her life is speaking. God's used her as he does in so many ways, right? Whereas the, 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 um, the weak things of the world he uses uh, all the time. And if we have our humble spirit, he's going to do it. And so I, I just, I think about that when in conjunction with you and, and the beauty of how God has worked in you. And even now uh, how God has used you media wise, because you have a show faith on the field show, people can listen to you do interviews and they also can, uh, you, you do speaking every now and again too. So there's a, I mean, people want to find out kind of a little bit more about you, you, that show or how they can get a hold of you too, right? There's a way they can do that on online. Yeah, for sure. They can just go to robmati.com uh, or faithonafieldshow.com. But if you go to robmati.com, it's got everything listed. And, and I want to say that no one's life is wasted. Anyone out there who thinks that they're, they're stuck in the middle of something that they're going through, or, or maybe you, you were born with some disabilities like Tori, your life is not wasted. Look how God used Tori to uh, impact my life and, and then how I'm impacting other people's lives. And uh, it, it's just incredible. It really is. And uh, I, I just sit back and think about it. I can't believe she's going to be 14. God bless that little girl. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll give her a kiss for you. And as a one little PS to things, it should be noted that God, uh, in his grace, also blessed you with a godly woman and beautiful twin daughters. Like, uh, you know, as you gave that whole part of your life over to him, he, he has blessed you beyond, you know, beyond measure. Amen. So, Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for uh, hopping on the program. We'll look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. You got it, Timmy. All Take right. Care. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. Rob Mahdi, again, uh, spell his name M-A-A-D-D-I. If you want to look him up online in the various and sundry forms that you can find him there, his writing for the Phillies, for the Eagles, and his speaking uh, engagements in his, in his show where he interviews uh, Christian athletes. Uh, faithonthefieldshow.com for that. We have a quick break to take. We'll wrap up with a few closing thoughts. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. It's 4.56 on the Tim DeMoss Show. We just enjoyed a little chat there with Rob Motti, who, write, among other things, he's a, a Hall of Fame voter for the uh, you know, Major League Baseball. And um, earlier this week, speaking of Hall of Fame, we you know, were uh, talking with Bill Berge, who's an Eagles great, uh, in conjunction with Harold Carmichael of the Eagles becoming a member of the NFL uh, Football Hall of Fame. And I asked Bill Berge, this is just a little snippet of it to give an example of what you know goes on around here sometimes, to share a story. The, the Eagles, uh, back in the 70s, Berge and Carmichael were on the same team. And, and Bill Berge this past Monday just shared this little snippet of insight into Harold Carmichael day to day. The one thing, he, he didn't like any shenanigans on a flight. And I remember uh, one time uh, that somebody was throwing grapes. And I don't know who it was. <laughs> 
but uh, a great hit him in the back of the head. And he stood up and he looked all over to see who could have possibly have thrown that grape. And it was one of those smushy ones. And he says, I don't know who is doing that, but stop right now. And why don't you get your mind on the football game instead of acting like a bunch of kindergartners and, uh, in yeah. school? And you know something? Everybody just absolutely got their act together real quick, and nobody was uh, doing anything stupid anymore. That's Eagles great Bill Berge, who joined us a couple of days ago in conjunction with Harold Carmichael, another Eagles great who was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame last week. The full podcast of that and other programs available at WFIL.com. Help yourself to those, including today's with Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five, who joined us, and Rob Motti from the Associated Press. One other quick note, we had a nice spike in our partnership with Preborn. We are now at 152 of the 400 ultrasounds that we're hoping to do, January being Sanctity of Human Life Month. We've teamed up with a ministry called Preborn. They offer free ultrasounds to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. The idea simply being it's a very general way to say just take a look and for $28 we can provide an ultrasound for someone who might be considering not keeping their baby and after having a chance to see the baby and hear the heartbeat, they're much more likely to say, you know what, let me reconsider this. Um, So no yelling, no screaming, just take a look. So if you want to help out with that, uh, there are two ways you can do it. You can call toll-free, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Anytime, day or night, you can click the pre-born banner as well at WFIL.com. Our goal is simply to provide an ultrasound every day this year. Uh, we're rounding up to 400 for that. So we're at 152. This is about 38.77692% of the way there, approximately. Thanks for all those who have helped out. Jim Maximax, 4-3rd Tim Ministries, leads in prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.